Welcome to the Mompreneur Guide Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Moran. Just like you, I'm a mom entrepreneur on a mission to live a present and productive life, to be around for all the moments with my kids while also following my dreams and passions. Join me each week as I uncover a new tip or trick that will help you live your life just as you want and with as much ease as possible. Let's get started with today's episode. Hey there, and welcome to episode number two of the Mompreneur Guide. I am really excited for this episode because it's actually my first of just interviewing myself in a sense. I wanted to take the time to do an interview at the beginning or a episode, I guess I should say, a recording just of myself sharing the books that have helped shape me into the mompreneur I am today. These are the books that have helped me create my life framework. They've helped give me the permission to be okay with doing what's right for me. The awareness that you have a zone of genius, you are one unique person, and you have something to offer, and however you choose to offer it, that's okay, and it will help people. That stillness and self-care is really important, and that support is going to help take you to the next level. If you're anything like me, then you love research or you're always really interested by it. Maybe you're not as into doing the research as I am, but you're always interested in finding new ways to be better versions of ourselves, essentially. And you'll come to find from me that I love consuming content, but also taking action on it. Not here to just bring it all in and not do anything with it, but You'll learn that I'm always learning new things, always excited to share new things, and that's really where I feel like consuming all of these different self-help, marketing, business books comes from. So for today, I'm going to share with you the books that have shaped me into the business owner and the mom and the person I want to be today. So the first book I read back, gosh, it had to have been at least 20, probably 2016, maybe 2015, 2016, I was starting to do my previous business, my styling business for real. I had finished all of my corporate jobs and I had saved up enough money and I was getting started with really doing my styling business full time. And I think my mom is the one who actually turned me on to this book And it is called The Pumpkin Plan, A Simple Strategy to Grow a Remarkable Business in Any Field by Mike Michalowicz. And the basis of this book is the concept of you have a pumpkin, your business has seeds that you plant, and you grow them, different ideas, different clients, etc. But in order to have the prize-winning biggest pumpkin, so the best business or the best life for yourself is the way that I take it, is by figuring out which one is doing the best and then helping to let it grow in like real life to help let flower a pumpkin, whatever it is, to help let it grow. You have to cut off all the dead stuff around it so that it can consume more energy to keep growing. So basically it's channeling your energy and your money and all of your resources toward the thing that's working. And this concept has really stuck with me. I've always been more of like a minimalist. I like to keep things simple. But this was kind of that validation of hearing from somebody else that 
it's okay to recognize what's working and keep going towards that. And so that's really for me where in part of my mompreneur with ease method, that my life framework that I share that allows me to live a present and productive life, in the strategy section, I talk about how you have to figure out what your goals are and then out of the activities you're currently doing, what to keep, cut, and add. And I really think that a lot of that concept over the years has come back to the seed planted from this book. Mike talks about the concept of the 80-20 rule, but in the context of your clients and how you should often look at your client list and see who are the ones who you enjoy working with the most and are bringing in the most money for you. And that also wraps into that concept that I also talk about in the Mompreneur with Ease method, which is actually a strategy that my mom has ingrained in me, which is income producing activities. And I think I've really taken a spin on this and ingrained it into my whole lifestyle of what are the activities I'm doing? Are they mapping towards my goals? And if they're not, what should we keep? What's working? What should we cut? Where can we get dead weight out of the way to let that good stuff keep growing? And is there anything else that we need to add back in? The next thing that I really took away from the pumpkin plan that in flipping through the book again and looking at all my old post-its is Mike calls it immutable laws, which is basically like writing down what you stand for. But the other thing that I really get from that that I think I've really ingrained in my life and my business are what are my non-negotiables? So as I, again, as I talk about in the Mompreneur with Ease Method, I think a lot of what I'm going to be sharing today with these books is, is really what has shaped my life framework. And so for me, I've taken a lot of time to figure out what are the things that I say yes to with certainty, what are things that I say no to? Like in my gut, what do I feel good about and what don't I? And I let those guide me. And when I realize new non-negotiables, I take note of those and allow those to help me making decisions moving forward. And that applies to my business. That applies to my home life. I think when you can be clear, it really helps you live in alignment and live your days the way that you want. And that really came, I think, the seed was planted from this book. Another thing that I took away from the pumpkin plan was that entrepreneurs identify the problems and they discover the opportunities and then they build processes to allow other people or other things to do the work and to do it consistently. So basically what I had also learned from this book is it's about building your business so that you are always doing what's best for you and your zone of genius. And then from there, making sure that you always have the best processes and team members and kind of having that support. I've recently listened to a free training by James Wedmore and he talks about your business and making it into a machine. And he used this visual of gears and how there are like five different parts of your business. I think it was five, maybe it was seven. I don't fully remember. But anyways, thinking about your business as a machine and how you have these pieces in the wheels and you have to put support in there to make it all go, but a machine can run on its own. And one last thing on on this book before I move on, I actually had the opportunity to meet and listen to Mike in person at a networking group that I was at. And he came and he was talking about, at the time, his most recent book, which was called Clockwork. And I have 
not read that one yet. Now that I say that out loud, I really need to put that on my list. But basically he talked about this concept of a long time ago when painting was the way that you had a picture of yourself and your family. This one painter figured out that he was really good at making faces look very realistic like a photograph, which obviously didn't exist then. And so what he learned how to do was like almost a paint by numbers in a sense where he would go to the house, he would paint their faces, and then he would pass off the rest of that painting to somebody else. Somebody else who was good at painting, but they weren't the master like he was at the face. And he would have this system, a process in place where he had like four different bodies and like five different backgrounds or something like that. And so he would say, okay, put this one on this one, this one on this one. And somebody else would do the rest of it. And he just got to continue to do his own of genius. And I think Pumpkin Plan came out first. I don't know if maybe this helps spur into um, his book. I'm pretty sure Clockwork is where um, that tidbit came from. But basically it's we identify the problems, we figure out the opportunities we build processes and we have other people help and we focus on our zone of genius. Another book I read was The Magnolia Story by Chip and Joanna Gaines. If you know me, you know I love Chip and Jojo. <laughs> Funny side note story there. We went and saw their place before they had the silos. We have, you know, followed them for a while and I also love them so much that like my vision for when I was having Jack was, okay, it's gonna be super calm, super chill. Like, well, maybe we can have like Chip and Jojo on TV, like watching TV. And sure enough, guys, when the doctor came in and told me that it was time to push to have Jack, Chip and Jojo, their episode came on TV. It was crazy. They just have a special place in my heart. I think that they are awesome. And their story, really, I have one bullet point for that. There is so much goodness in that story. But the one big takeaway that really sticks with me, and I think about it often, is Joanna was telling her story about how she started her shop and how she got to that point. And then what happened when her kids came around. And like, really, when I think about it now, it's really that like mompreneur journey. And how she heard this little voice in her head. She was really struggling with being present and productive. And she heard this voice in her head saying, you need to take a break. You need to stop. And she did. She actually stopped doing what she was doing for Magnolia for a little bit when her kids were young. And then she heard a voice again that said, now it's your time. Go back into it. And so I had that same moment. And I don't know if I was more aware of it because I heard her story. But I had that same moment myself when... I was pregnant with Sophia and I just felt like I was meant to do more, meant to do something different and I was done with my styling business and wasn't being present and productive. You'll hear all about that story again in the Mompreneur with Ease Method. And that was the same thing that happened to me. I knew I was meant to do more and here we are now. I am doing what I absolutely love. It's what I know right now is my life's purpose and so I totally attribute that to hearing her story. Next on the list is one that I have a lot to talk about. This book has, and this woman has transformed my life. It's like she knows me and can read my mind and tell me things that I need to hear that I didn't even know I need to hear. And that first book is Get Rich, Lucky Bitch by Denise Duffield Thomas. 
this book, I just loved it so much that I literally sent it after I read it to every mompreneur I knew at the time. I was, I bought them off Amazon. I sent them to everybody and I said, you have to read this. And this book that she has, and I'm going to talk about two of her books. This book that she has is really all about money mindset. And so the first thing that I really took away from it that always sticks in my head is she says, money loves clarity. She talks about the universe is like a dog and you have to be really specific and tell it what you want. Otherwise, it won't know what to do and it will bring you back random things. And I just always thought that was so interesting. Like that's a really interesting concept. Yeah, if you told the dog like, go fetch, they'd be like, fetch what? <laughs> like, And maybe they would go do something and bring it back, but you have to be specific is what I really learned. And the other thing that I really took away from the money loves clarity part is to write down your goals every day. And she says, the only difference between a millionaire and a billionaire is that a billionaire writes their goal down twice a day and the millionaire only writes them down once. Billionaire writes it down twice, millionaire writes it down once. Now, I'm sure there are millionaires and billionaires who don't do that at all. But the overachiever in me is like, okay, I gotta write my goals down twice a day and this is gonna happen. And I think the biggest part of what she was talking about here is the importance of visualizing and visualization and again, that clarity, like being really clear on what you want and very specific about what you want so that you can move forward and actually reach those things. And this whole book was also about the concept of abundance and the things that she brings up all at the end of the day kind of open you up and make you feel and want more abundance in your life versus maybe going from a more negative perspective and being down on yourself. Another thing that I implement every day because of Denise is knowing that it's okay to want whatever you want. That power of permission. It's something that I talk about a lot and I think she planted that seed. I think it was something in me that I always knew, but again, it was that recognition like I needed somebody else to say yes you are correct you're not the only crazy person who thinks that you can do things with some more ease she also talks about some more money tactics which is to upgrade things that will make you happy and feel good even if it's as small as a new pair of underwear she talks about making these upgrades by thinking about what makes you feel poor picking one thing to upgrade and then repeating that again and again and I think that was really helpful with my money mindset too, to think like, it's okay to get things that you want. Obviously you do stuff within reason, but sometimes you need to treat yourself. And again, by treating yourself, you're going to change your energy, open yourself up to more abundance and just bring more things, the things that you want your way. A quote that she says in this book that I say to myself all the time, you've probably actually seen it in an email that I've sent, is it's my time and I'm ready for the next step. I can hear her in my head saying that all the time and I have to say that to myself often when maybe you're on the cusp of not knowing what to do with money or the next step in your business, etc. You have to just take a deep breath and say that and it really does help. The last two things that I really took away from this book were to set boundaries on giving away free advice and allow yourself to receive actual money and saying no to bartering. So really another concept about money that she helped reinforce is it's okay to get paid. 
whatever you need to get paid. There are people out there that need what you have to offer. They need help. Kind of thinking back to the pumpkin plan, like you have your zone of genius. You have like the clockwork. You have that one thing that you are meant to do and people need help with that. And it's okay and not greedy to get paid for it. And people want to pay you for it. She talks about that a lot. The last one that is <laughs> burned into my brain that she talked about is about goals and sharing them with the world. And the story that she tells is that we're told to make a wish when we blow out the candles and then not tell anyone. And she was saying how when it comes to telling the universe like what you want and that cold telling a dog what you want type of concept... Like you need to go out there and tell everybody what you want because not only does it help you be more accountable to reaching your goals, it also tells the universe out loud what those goals are that you're trying to reach. And it's telling everyone around you because then they can support and help make those things happen. The next book by Denise Duffield Thomas that changed my life was Chillpreneur, The New Rules for Creating Success, Freedom, and Abundance on Your Terms. Again, guys, I've got a lot of notes on this one because she is just amazing. But I decided to break this down in the order that the book went. And so the first thing she talks about is that you can make money by doing exactly what's right for you. And again, in my life framework, you will see how this seed has sprouted, grown beautifully in what I do now. It's that power of permission again. It's knowing what you can do best and that it's okay to do that. She also talks about asking yourself some questions, like when you might be tripped up on what you're doing. And she says, why not me? Like when you think about something that you want to do, but you feel like you can't do it, ask yourself, why not me? And then when you have that answer, ask yourself again, well, why? And then when you have that answer, she says, go even deeper and say, is this true or am I making this up? And I think sometimes we probably hold ourselves back from doing the things that we want to do because society tells us differently. Our industry tells us differently. You get worried what other people are going to say. But the one thing that I have learned, especially from this book, is you can do what works for you. And when you're having trouble justifying it, ask yourself, why not me? Ask yourself, why again? And then ask yourself, is this true or am I making this up? She goes on to talk about some success blocks that you might face when you are going into entrepreneurship. And one of those that she talks about is you have to work really hard to make money and how that is a block and it is not true. She moves on into millionaire mindset lessons, which lead into that success block. There's always more money is something that millionaires know that we can adapt that mindset and learn too. But then she talks about there are easier ways to make money and those go hand in hand. The success block of you have to work really hard to make money and millionaires know that there are easier ways to make money. And then this next one has been a gold nugget for me, which is know yourself and you'll prosper. She talks about finding that path of least resistance, which is finding not only your zone of genius, but also knowing what makes you tick, how you sabotage yourself, and what your path of least resistance is by knowing your strengths and weaknesses. And really all of this, I have learned 
more from her because she recently released her course, Sacred Money Archetypes. She didn't create it. She's like a certified person under it. I love personality tests and it's, it's similar to a personality test, but around money and how you react and how you function around money based on the type of person that you are. And so I have found that really helpful because it's helped me realize who I am, how I tick, and allows me to make decisions based on that. The last millionaire mindset that she shared is this concept of what a wealthy woman looks like. She has you go through this exercise of writing down what does a wealthy woman look like versus what does a successful woman look like. And it was shocking to see the things that came up for me. The blocks, the negative things for wealthy versus successful was much more positive, uplifting. It's really helpful to see where your blocks are so that you can clear those so that you can step into whatever role it is that you're looking for. Wealthy, rich, successful, whatever the case may be, clearing your blocks will allow you to get there and receive more of it, that abundance. She then goes on to talk about her keyless life, which I just have to read this whole passage. She says, When I first had kids, the simplest things suddenly felt really hard, like getting in and out of the car with a diaper bag, handbag, shopping bags, and an actual baby or two. With kids and a business, life suddenly seemed complicated and overwhelming, and I felt I'd lost my easy breezy chilled personality. Instead, I became a frazzled busy mom. When I bought a new car, I was excited to see it had keyless entry, which meant that as long as the car key was somewhere on my person, usually covered in crumbs at the bottom of my bag, I could get into the car without needing a spare hand to fish it out. It was just one tiny thing off my mind, but it made a huge difference to my life. Then I decided to change all my card pins to the same number. It's never been an issue or security concern and has saved me hours of angst, especially when I've got pregnancy or baby brain. I then bought phone chargers for every room in the house and multiple headsets, so we stopped arguing about who was stealing them from whom. I turned off my voicemail because I hated listening to messages. I got a meal delivery service, so I actually ate lunch every day. I got a water filter for my office. I deliberately looked for ways to make my daily life easier. Most of these upgrades were either free or very inexpensive, but they made a huge difference. Then I had an idea. I replaced our front door locks with electronic keypads, which meant I never had to find my keys again and could enter the house easily with a code. Again, a tiny thing that changed my daily experience. Between the keyless entry on the house and car, I haven't had to use a set of keys in years, thus a keyless life. Now I extend that same philosophy to the rest of my life and business. I ask, how could I make this as easy and stress-free as possible? And what little annoying things can I eliminate from my daily life? Creating a keyless life is so much fun, and I'm constantly looking for new ways to create simplicity and ease. That just spoke to me. It just hit me like a ton of bricks. And it goes back to... The millionaire mindset, there are easier ways to make money. It's all about figuring out what works for you. She then goes on to share a quote by Leo Babuda. Be a curator of your life. Slowly cut things out until you're only left with what makes you happy, what you love, with what's necessary. 
And that again goes back to the pumpkin plan. I feel like all of these different things and different things I've read and people I've listened to have all cultivated my life framework and brought together this strong foundation for me, this present and productive foundation for me, along with what I already felt and knew. She then goes on from there to talk about this concept of killing the golden goose. And this one I got to read verbatim too because it just, again, hit me. She says, A man had a goose that unexpectedly started laying a golden egg every day. It soon made him very rich, but he got greedy and impatient and wanted to become even richer. So he cut open the goose to get all the golden eggs out at once. But... All he discovered inside was goose guts. There was no gold, and the man realized that in his greed, he'd killed the source of his wealth. There are many things that chillpreneurs can learn from this story, and the first is that you are the golden goose. You can profit for a long time through your skills and talents, but not if you kill the source of your creativity. Specifically, she was referencing burnout there as well. She said there are three ways to kill the golden goose. One is insisting on perfection, and she talks about people want your magic, not your perfectionism. Working harder doesn't always work. It's counterintuitive, but you actually have to work less to earn more, Denise says. Last but not least, she talks about not knowing when to quit. And I think that's really where in my strategy that I talk about, I talk about recalibration. You have clarity, you have alignment, and then you have to recalibrate because you have to optimize and know when is something working and when is it not anymore. When we have that 80-20 rule, the keep, cut, and add, you've got to keep going back and adjusting, adjusting, adjusting so you're always living in alignment with your life and what's going on now in your current season. Denise then talks about pricing mistakes, asking others for their opinion on price, she says is one of the biggest mistakes, especially when they're not pricing experts, that instead you should go with what feels good. And that has really resonated with me. I've now found myself, not just in pricing, but in things in general, I stop asking so many people for their validation. Yes, I do ask people for some advice and and just to bounce ideas off of and brainstorm, But I think the biggest thing that I'm learning and that I try to help other people with too is you've got to go with what feels good to you and knowing what feels good to you and that power of permission that you can move forward with it. The last thing that I want to share from Chillpreneur is Denise's genius marketing plan. And if you are not on your email list, make sure you get on it because she practices what she preaches. She says the easiest way to market your business, the only thing that you need to do is share and then make an offer. We don't need to overcomplicate things. We don't need to try to do exactly what the latest trend is. At the end of the day, if you find a platform, find a way that you feel best at sharing your message and then you make an offer, you are marketing your business and you will grow it. So that is Denise, my mentor without her knowing it. Hopefully one day I can have her on the podcast as well. But that was everything that really got my framework in order. We've got three more books to go. These ones are pretty quick. Stillness is the Key by Ryan Holiday is the next thing that I ended up reading. It's all about being present, getting still, 
listening to your inner voice. This is really where the concept of journaling came for me. And I think that may have been where I started my morning journaling. And it has transformed my life. He also talks about being okay with silence, which is something I hear in my head a lot. In my morning rhythm now, I do my morning journal. I'm trained in transcendental meditation, personally not to teach it. And so I do that every morning. And I just take time to be quiet. I take time to let myself think and feel and be okay with that. And this book really gave me the permission to do that. After I read Stillness is the Key, I read Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And there are so many amazing stories in this book. A lot of honest, real stories. Uh, A quote that she talks about in there about how you know when you have turned from a daughter to a mother and then you become an equal with your own mother. And it's when you're doing what's right and what's best for your family, your new little island that has really resonated with me. She talks a lot about permission as well. But I think the biggest takeaway that I had from Untamed Well, she tells this story, and I won't go into the whole story. Definitely get her book if you're interested. But she talks about a cheetah at the zoo and how it runs around and it does all this stuff, but it has this look in its eyes and it's this feeling that the cheetah is thinking to itself, I feel pulled and like I'm meant for something more, but all I see is this life around me and these walls around me. And we on the other side have that perspective of, yeah, you're this big, amazing creature and normally you would be out in this vast wildlife and that parallel, that analogy for us, I think is really eye-opening that are we in a box and we don't realize it. And when we do feel that pull that we're meant for something else, just like Joanna was, just like I'm reiterating again and again with all of these books that I've read, Know that you might not be crazy and that you should probably listen to that voice because what you're meant to do and have is probably out there if you've got that gut feeling. The last and most recent book that I have completed, I'm in the middle of two more now, so they'll have to be for another time, but that book is The Happiness Project by Gretchen Rubin. And this book was amazing for me because I realized it is how I have really honed in on my mission. The Happiness Project and the structure of it was the concept that I had in my head that I didn't know could exist. She talks about that you teach what you need to learn and that's exactly what I'm doing here with this podcast. That's exactly what I'm doing with my business. I am on a mission to be a present and productive mompreneur. And Denise actually talks about this, about you don't need to be the expert or the guru. You can just be a contributor. And I've always felt pulled to that. Like, I don't need to be the be-all and all. I'm here learning alongside you. And I just want to help you as much as possible sharing what's working for me. And hearing that in Gretchen Rubin's book and just kind of seeing her play it out, the, the process of her book is she wanted to feel happier. And so she mapped out this whole plan and she spent a year checking off these things on her list and researching and basically she was on a mission to become happier. I'm on a mission to become more present and productive as a mompreneur. 
A couple other like specific things that she talks about. She talks about the importance of sleep and how that has made such a critical difference in her life and I can attest to that as well. She talks about lightening up in parenthood and how to have more fun and it helps you get less frustrated. And she talks about that concept again of like buying some happiness. She talks about a story of how she really likes pens and how she likes to have a really nice pen when she writes. But when you look at the cost of that pen versus another pen, it's like three times more expensive. But it's a moderate spend. It's a $3 spend versus a $1 spend. And the difference is that it makes her feel good. It makes her happier. It's just like what Denise talks about when she says making those small upgrades. What are those things that make you feel poor? What can make you feel a little bit better? It doesn't have to be something crazy and expensive. It's just something that will make you feel more confident, more empowered. So I really think a lot of the Happiness Project has been that validation and understanding, like I said, the route that I'm going down. I'm not a crazy person. Other people feel the way that I feel. And I hope that you're able to connect with that too. So just to recap, and all of these books will be in the show notes, linked there so you can click, go to them, and learn all these amazing things and more takeaways. And I'd love to hear your takeaways. If you decide to read these books or if you have read these books, please let me know. Those books again are The Pumpkin Plan by Mike Michalowicz, The Magnolia Story by Chip and Joanna Gaines, Get Rich Lucky Bitch by Denise Duffield Thomas, Chillpreneur by Denise Duffield Thomas, Stillness is the Key by Ryan Holiday, Untamed by Glennon Doyle, and The Happiness Project by Gretchen Rubin. These are the books that have helped me create my life framework. They've helped give me the permission to be okay with doing what's right for me. The awareness that you have a zone of genius, you are one unique person, and you have something to offer, and however you choose to offer it, that's okay, and it will help people. That stillness and self-care is really important, and that support is going to help take you to the next level. If you want to see how this has transformed and transitioned from these little seeds of knowledge, these little bullet points of information that I took from reading these resources and transform them into how I live my life, then make sure to grab the Mompreneur with Ease method, my blueprint, my personal life framework for living a present and productive life. The link for that will be in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that it was filled with things that can take you to the next level. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Want more? Head to themompreneurguy.com to grab my personal framework for living a present and productive life and to hear my real-time ahas on Telegram. See you next time.